So we're here to talk about Matthew 7. How you been? Good. Kind of a blunt intro right there. (laughs) (laughs) Just jumping right into things. So here we are. Yep, yep, yep. We're Um, sponsored by? Sponsored by kingscouncilco.com. Y'all can use code TDR10 to get 10% off. That's that's good stuff right there. Um, new products coming hopefully March 1st, depending on when I get these labels in. They're supposed to come sometime next week. So, yeah, looking forward to that. You know, what you told me about the uh, scent you picked for the next shampoo, I'm excited about that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about making a candle on that scent. Really? It smells good, man. It's it's a good smell. Um, you can't call it the same thing as me, though. You got to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call it the King's Council and, and pay homage to okay. your company. <laughs> yeah, call it the Napoleon. Because <laughs> uh, my product, spoiler alert, going to be called the Napoleon. <laughs> Speaking of that. candles, we got the Smith Homestead coming soon. We do. I finally have everything set and paid and stuff's hooked up and running. And all I got left to do is take some pictures of the product, throw it on the website, and I will be published and watched. Good stuff. Good so stuff. Hopefully, hopefully this evening I'll get some pictures taken. Very good. Can you do a transparent background what on the pictures? Like where there's just no background, so not, not even like a white background, just no background. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to you after this. Yeah. Okay. I, I, think, um, I, got, I think I've got a thing that does that. Okay, cool. Um, so before we begin, I'd like uh, I got a special kind of prayer request. My my friend, one of my old wrestling partners, decided to to kill himself on Sunday morning. So if anybody listening would please pray for him, his family, pray for pray for me, help get through it. Um, this is his father died a year ago. And this is probably that probably had some factor on it, but I can only imagine. I can't even begin to imagine what his mom's going through. And so, if y'all would pray for his family, pray for everybody involved, I'd appreciate that. Um, so we're here to talk about Matthew 7. I'm sorry to start out on a kind of sad note right there, but I felt like it had to be said. No, you're good. Joseph, if you would, start us off in some prayer, and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, that we may teach and preach, Lord, that we may reach out and touch the hearts of others, Lord, and that our hearts may open more, Father, to, to, to your word and to your love. Father, I'd like to take a moment and pray for Colin and his friends, family, Lord, and, and we, don't, we don't know this situation uh, fully that, that we're in through that young man's mind, Lord, but, but Lord, that what happened is never never wonderful it's never graceful and i know it's never part of your plan and lord i just ask that you reach your hand your hands out lord and you take these people and, and give them your comfort and your love father and let them know that you're there for them father i ask that you touch our listeners lord that their hearts may be opened up a little bit lord soften a little bit and their minds may be may be open and their eyes may may be able to see a little bit more father what we have to teach them today lord and, and I thank you again for bringing us together on another week. In Jesus' name, I pray and ask. Amen. Amen. So, part three in the Sermon of the Mount. We've been going through, we went through 
we took a little hiatus there for a week. Yeah. But we went through Matthew five, we did chapter chapter six, and now we're on chapter seven. And to finish up the sermon today. Correct. And so I'm not going to summarize the chapter because we're gonna just work through the chapter here in a minute. But as we're going through this chapter, I would think about so like me and Joseph both come from Baptist churches, whether we proclaim the Baptist faith or not, we come from Baptist churches. And at the end of Baptist churches, or at the end of the sermon, they always have an altar call, which is where the preacher says, okay, if this message has touched you in any way, you're welcome to come up to the altar, get saved, do your business with God. And so keep that in mind as we go through this last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount where it's kind of like Jesus's altar call. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I do. That's a great way to put it. All right. So with that being said, let's get right into it. So the first six verses of the chapter, which we encourage everybody to go through and read, double check what we're saying, and also go through and listen to chapters five and six that we recorded. The first six chapters, highly misquoted and highly misunderstood and, Yes, the first six verses you mean. You said chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about judging and being judged. So go for it. It's all you. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. So judge not lest ye be judged. I'm letting you go first on purpose because I'm, I'm conflicted about where I personally stand on this. So that's the one that, that everyone loves to throw out there, especially when their behavior is um, not up to par and you call them out on it. Mm-hmm. So what this is saying is is and, and let let me let me let me get this 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 out there. I I don't think it's very appropriate to judge people. And you know, specifically what we're talking about in, in verse four says how how wilt thou say to thy brother? So thy brother, what they're talking about is another Christian. Mm-hmm. So what this boils down to is you can't judge someone when you're committing the same sin yourself you can't be a hypocrite so you need when he says um, thou hypocrite first cast the beam out of thine own eye and then thou shalt see clearly to cast the moon out of thy brother's eye so what that verse is saying is you have to get yourself straight you have to get yourself right with God before you can go to your brother now I said it's not good to judge I don't I don't think it's right to judge anybody especially your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ. But you can say something out of love and that can bring them conviction. And a lot of times conviction is felt as judgment and people think you're judging them. So it's, it's a very gray 
area, shaky ground area. Can you define judging for us, for the people? Can I define judging for you? Yes. yes. So, so I don't really care about like the the definite like the dictionary, but like how would you? That, that's good. I didn't bring my dictionary today. <laughs> um. So when I read judging in the Bible, what what we're really talking about is judging someone's condemnation. Mm-hmm. So you cannot say all oh, you go around cussing all the time. So you're going to hell or right. you drink all the time. You're going to hell or you're gay. You're going to hell. You can't do that. The judgment judgment is God's alone. Right. You know, when we're saved, when we die, we'll meet Christ at his judgment. The unsaved will meet God at the great throne judgment. But either way, Christ is God. Two parts of the same whole. The judgment's reserved to God. So that's why I say you shouldn't judge at all. So when I see judge, judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. So you you can't you, you just can't do it. And and I see it all the time and it aggravates me all the time. You cannot go around telling people they're going to help. Right. And I you know, it it it's counterproductive too. If you're trying to bring, win somebody to Christ, if you're trying to show them the love of Christ and salvation and bring them into the family and the fold, you don't start out with you're going to hell. You know, it's right. just a terrible way to do that. Right. And, and it's being the judgmental at the same time. And like I said, we, we are to judge. And it says later in the book of Matthew to judge whether someone is a Christian or not a Christian. And we can, we can do that by the fruit that their tree bears. Correct. But the only reason we're making that judgment is we need to know if we need to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. If they're saved, we need to remind them, hey, you know, this is what the walk should be, you know, not getting on to you. Just, you know. And if they're not saved, then, then we need to show them the error of their sin mm-hmm. and, and bring them to the love of Christ. Right. So that, and that's so- the only judgment to me that is appropriate. Okay. Um, so the reason I had you define judgment is because I absolutely agree with you when you say that we are not, it is not our place to go around saying, oh, you're going to hell for, because you do this, or you're going to hell because you do this, because we're all going to hell if we do that. You know, right. like we are all sinners bound for hell without the love of God. Right. And the only reason we're anything better than that is because Jesus died for us on the cross. Right. The grace of God. Right. However, um, I make judgments every single day. And we all do. As in like, oh, that person um, is sleeping around with 13 different women. I don't need to associate with him. Or um, that person is worshiping Satan. You know, I don't need to be associating with that. Right. So I think that certain judgments, and the Bible tells us not to associate with that. Right. And so I think that certain judgments are okay maybe not okay but we we certainly do them we certainly some judgments are required right but that 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 goes along the lines of what i said judging a tree by the fruit of the bears are they christian are they not christian right jesus tells us to do that Mm -hmm. so by saying he's a satanist i don't want to hang out with him or he's a whore i don't want to hang out with him you're making that judgment right there he's not a christian right so but you know the, the the judgment that I think people are unaware of is how many, how many people have seen a guy walking by and 
he just looks rough or he makes you uncomfortable by his appearance and you take a step back or you kind of get into a yeah a position to defend yourself you're whether you're conscious of it or not you're you're passing a judgment on that person without knowing anything about them shoot i did that today and we and it's something we all do and it's something that you have to be mindful of right i've i've done it and i catch myself doing it and i kind of force myself to be in that uncomfortable to fight you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying right yeah well <laughs> i was at the post office today dropping off a package and i the post office is in kind of a shady area where i'm from and there was a dude walking down the street that didn't look like somebody i wanted to associate with and so yeah. i kind of like drove around the block let him walk away <laughs> but yeah like we all do it and and what's so bad is like i'm i'm on the church security team mm-hmm. i'm constantly because our church is in a bad part of town right so when i see somebody hanging out in the parking lot not coming into church not getting into a vehicle they're just kind of wandering around I, I'm in the same thing. I'm I'm already, what are they doing? They don't look like they need to be there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, being in my position makes it even harder not to judge people. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, that person looks shady. I need to keep an eye on them. But I'm making a judgment right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So so it's a, it's a gray area. You know, you can't judge someone. You can't call someone out on a sin that you yourself are committing. Right. So if you have a secret porn addiction that you're not you know sharing with anybody or you're not seeking help with and it's just something you kind of hide to yourself and then you go on there and you blow up somebody because they're addicted to porn you know you're 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 being a hypocrite at that point right there right hypocritical so so those, those are my two my two thoughts on judgment when when you should not judge is when you're being a hypocrite about it and when you should never judge someone's condemnation. It's, it's not our job to do that. Correct. I agree. Asking and receiving. Got the next six verses. Asking it shall be given unto given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knocking it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you? Whom, if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Next time I'm going to let you read it because I have the reading level of like a third grader. Right, you're good. <laughs> so, okay. So asking. So the same the Joel Olstein show. You can't ask God for a Mercedes Benz or you're going to get it. Or, or a fourth private jet. Or your fourth private jet. Yeah, we're not a, we're not a TV evangelist in Louisiana either. <laughs> so... Here's the thing about asking God. If you ask God for something, he will give it to you if it's in his plan to help further his kingdom here on earth. We cannot say, I want a brand new car. You can ask God for a car. I need a vehicle. God might give you a $1,000 hootie. 
he might give you a fifty thousand yeah. dollar brand new car. But if you need that vehicle to help you get around to say go soul winning or to go visit shut-ins, the nursing homes, or you know, God's going to provide that for you. So don't don't be confused asking you shall receive because you will if it helps right. us plan to further the kingdom. There's a right. lot of prayers and asking that God never answers. Um, yeah, speaking of that, I have a story that I would share. Is that my old pastor, our most recent pastor, who left about a year ago. But he told me at one time about he had real bad allergies. So in the springtime, it was like he couldn't, like he almost couldn't function. And he was selling door to door at that point at, at one time. And so he had his allergies in the springtime. He was selling door to door and he couldn't, because of his allergies, he couldn't make any sales. He couldn't hardly talk to people. And so he prayed to God. He said, God, if you don't take these allergies away, I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. And God, the next morning he woke up, he was better. He didn't feel sick and he's never really had problems with allergies since. And so God took that away so that he could provide for his family. Right. And I think that's a good it's a very good example. Example, yeah. It's a very good example. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it comes in trusting God too. Mm-hmm. So, right. the pastor at church I used to attend has a story, and it's an amazing story. And I know three men that's collaborated it. So he was going soul winning, and he said he felt like God said, "You need to go to this house to go soul win it." But being a poor pastor, he gets in his car and his car's on empty. And he said, Lord, I'm going to trust you, but I need some gas. So he takes off driving. He said about about two miles from his house, he runs out of gas, breaks down on the side of the road. And he's like, Lord, you, I did what you said, told me to do. It's like, I really, Lord, I need some gasoline so I can continue doing this. So it was about five minutes later. A brother from the church happened to be driving down that road, seeing the pastor stranded on the side of the road, took him to get a can of gas, followed him to the gas station and filled his cart with gas. Hmm. So that's another example of, of, of being disciplined in your walk and having faith in God and then asking for something to help ex- to expand his kingdom. So I think God tests us like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm on empty. I don't care. I want you to go. What are you going to do? Are you going to obey God and go, or are you going to argue with him? I'm on empty. <laughs> I always, I always love that story. I think it makes a great example. Yeah, it does for sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so we ain't out here asking God. I want a million dollars, right? Because <laughs> He ain't going to give it to you <laughs> unless it brings the expansion of His kingdom. <laughs> I could ask for a boat, but he ain't going to give me that either. He'll sell you to Africa. (laughs) Straight and wide. All right. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. But few there be that find it. Yep. So here's a... You've seen me talk about this on Twitter. I'm assuming you've seen me talk about it on Twitter. I have. I probably so, have. <laughs> heaven's not going to be as crowded as people think it is. Right. 
and we're about to get into that right the deeper into the chapter we go so i'm, I'm just going to say that right there heaven's not going to be as crowded as you and i hope it would be i would right. love it to be jam-packed yep well because i believe and like you said all right let's just get into the next part and then we'll okay. we'll say what we're about to say all right so beware <laughs> of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are raving wolves you shall know them by their fruits. The men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And that is talking about the fires of hell. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So we'll stop right there. So we have this whole what we were just talking about at the beginning of this, the judge not right. So we're, we're, we're told right here, you know, beware, be, beware of false prophets. And, and you have to think that, you know, I, I don't know how Catholics do, but in the Protestant world, we, I'm a prophet, you're a prophet. We're children of God. We're the elite, the elect. So you have to beware of false Christians. If I want to word this a different way, which come to you looking like Christians, but they go out into the world and they don't act like Christians. And you can tell them. It says, uh, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So a person's actions, actions speak louder than words. A person's actions will define who they are spiritually, and you'll right. be able to see that from them. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, yeah. And what I was going to say before is that 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 broad and that that wide gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction that road is going to have a lot of people with microphones on it saying do this or you're you're going to hell oh yeah, <laughs> or, oh, yeah. absolutely like it's going to have lots of people like you see on the streets yeah preaching jesus preaching jesus but they're they're on the same path man yeah i mean i know i know preachers that go out there and preach jesus on the street corners literally like you're talking about, and go get drunk at night at the bar. I mean that that to me isn't isn't right. a tree bearing fruit. The Bible says, "Drunkard shall not inherit the kingdom of God." I'm not saying it's a sin to drink. I'm saying it's a sin to get drunk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but, but you're right, and and most people's going to listen to us. The few that do is going to understand the straight and wide and broad versus the straight and narrow it's easy the wide gate and the broadway is easy to walk down there's plenty of room it's just easy to slide down that path and the straight and narrow it's a little bit harder to walk and you can't veer off so far left or right you're kind of on the straightforward path so and it says right there a few few there be that find it and i think that's because especially in today's world or at least in western society few there is it actually wants to find it yeah yeah everybody's just fine saying oh yeah i follow god but ain't nobody okay with turning their lives over to him right i mean you know anybody listening to this you know here's my challenge right now how much do you pray when's the last time you you were up all night long until the sun come up praying When's the last time you fell asleep in prayer? 
And I keep harping on prayer because prayer is the beginning of your service to God. You have to get your prayer life right before you can start getting anything else right. So yep. when's the last time you fasted in prayer? That's a commandment from Christ to fast in prayer. I mean, it's it's that's where you start. Anybody that's trying to figure out how to make this walk happen, yeah, starts a new prayer life. Yep. Yep. Absolutely right. All right. So in verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, and they're talking about the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, well, we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop over there with with working of iniquity. Uh, shoot, what did I just do? Hold on, I got the Bible pulled up on my phone. All right, so your take on on that, Lord, Lord. Well, it goes hand in hand with the false prophets. The false prophets are out here teaching people that you're doing all this good stuff in the name of the Lord, but you ain't got the real thing. That's that's that's, that's exactly right. And also, um, how, how many how many people walking around thinking that they're saved? Right. You know, they're going to show up on Judgment Day. Lord, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be like, <laughs> you didn't do nothing. Right. So, I mean, and, and it's this this section of the Bible hurts my heart. It worries me and stresses me a lot because I, I really have a hard time when I see self-proclaiming Christians not acting very Christian and, and to the point where I don't think they're saved. And right. I know that borders judging somebody's condemnation i know that kind of kind of borders along that but if if you're not saved that i me as a person i truly want you to be saved right you know you know what i mean so it it stresses and worries me and to know that few will find the narrow path and to know that many will say to me on that day lord lord i mean there's the there's few that's going to walk it there's many that's going to be disappointed yeah right and and I think I think that's kind of a warning to everybody. You know, it's, you can profess my name all you want to, but what does it say in uh, in James, chapter three? I think uh, faith without works is is dead. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, proclaiming God but being not having the fruit of God is concerning. It it is something that people should feel convicted about something that we as Christians as saved Christians should be uncomfortable about because if they claim God, but they are not bearing any fruit then they're going to hell. I mean, I mean, it's, and that's, it's, that's judgmental. Like you said, but it's, it's the truth. I mean, it, it really is. And you know, we're, we're not judging anyone person by by talking like this this is this is a warning to anybody listening right your your works should match your talk right the 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 life you live should match the life you proclaim to live 
if it yep. doesn't, you may want to reassess yourself because yep. it's it's not God's will that any should perish. I don't want to see anybody perish. Right, right. I can hate you, but I don't want to see you go to hell. I mean, it's just right. You know, it's, I don't yeah. want that for nobody. Right, and it people so when you talk to people, the first thing, the number one that I've always heard is, oh, what about love your neighbor as yourself? Well, what you don't understand is I love you enough to tell you this. I love you enough to tell you this good news right. that that I've heard and that I believe a lot of people, that that if you're following the straight and narrow, you've heard it. I mean, it, it, it goes into um, the false the false prophet in sheep's clothing. It's how many people, it's fine to live like you want to live. God loves you and he accepts you the way that you are. You know, you can, you can sin and God's going to love you. He's not going to, God loves you. I see it a lot. Right. He loves the person. He hates the action. He, he, God loves you, but he does not accept the actions that you have chosen to take. Correct. So it's a, it's, it's a hard truth. Right. I mean, it really is. And, and, and these verses made me realize after a lot of reflection, just 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 a couple of years ago that I thought I was saved and I come to the realization that I really wasn't. So after living a quote unquote Christian life, that was a pretty bad Christian life. You know, I finally did find that straight and narrow path and, and people just have to, nobody wants to admit their sins. No one wants to admit their faults. And there comes a point where you have to, mm-hmm. if there's any hope for you. Right. All right, so verse 24. Therefore, therefore, whosoever heareth the sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the wind blew and beat upon his house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto the foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and the great was the fall of it. All right, so. That's the end of the sermon, and then it talks about the crowd reaction to that, which we may talk about, I don't know. But that's the end of the sermon part. Yeah, that's the end of the sermon. I'll, I'll make a comment about the very last verse in the chapter. Very good. But, uh, so that's, that's pretty that's pretty straightforward. You know, if you have, if you Christ is the rock, you are the house. So if you build your life on the rock of Christ, it doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws against you because the devil's going to come knocking at some point in time in your Christian walk. You're going to withstand the storm. Your house will be fine because you're founded on the rock. If you go about your own way and do the things of the world, everything's going to fall apart when the storm comes. I mean that, that. I don't know any any simpler an explanation for those verses than that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there really isn't one. But um, therefore, verse twenty four says, "Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him un, unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock." That's the part where, where, like I was saying at the beginning, where it's like it's like the altar call. Where yep. 
if if you if this is touched if these things that I've said to you have touched you and you do them, I I will hold you close to me. And for all you listening, these these verses here we're discussing now, they they correlate with Hebrews ten chapter ten. So if you so if you wanna take that into your study from this as well. In Hebrews chapter ten is a warning for those who hear and don't listen. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll I'll read the warning real quick, but there's more to it than this one verse I'm going to give you. So I encourage everybody to. So this is basically just a uh, teaser to get you to go look for yourself. <laughs> for if we, it's Hebrews ten twenty six. For if we sin willfully after that. We have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So it's, I encourage everybody to read the whole chapter. <laughs> if you got questions, hit me up. Very good. Good stuff. Last two, last two verses. Last two verses. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So I think it's very important that he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Who were the scribes? The scribes were the Pharisees and the priests. He taught them as one having authority. He taught them as God. Mm -hmm. God is the authority. So it just, there's nothing real special, no hidden meaning in verse 29, but it's a reinforcement of the divinity of Christ. That's my comment on first way down there. Right. Well, and the other thing is, I think that it's interesting that it says one having authority. And, you know, and this is not something that I took notes on, but it's just something that I thought of just now is that if if you're, he's teaching having the authority. And so if you're out here teaching the word of God, you need to have a message from from him. You need to have that authority. That's that's all. Yeah, I don't I don't know other denominations in a Baptist denomination. You know, generally, a preacher gets a message from the Holy Spirit. So that's right. what's laid on his heart by God. Right. So a preacher preaches with authority. Right. So it's you you cannot just grab a Bible and decide to go preach it. I mean, there's let's go back to the beginning of that walk. How's your prayer life? Right. Before right. you try to do anything, how's your prayer life? So, I may have to write a blog article about that. <laughs> that is the end of the chapter. Do you have anything else you would like to talk about? I don't. I don't. I'll, I'll say that this is uh, my favorite sermon in the in the Bible. I love Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It is his his entire three year ministry wrapped in the one sermon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I've studied the Sermon on the Mount more probably than anything else in the Bible. I I, I love it, and I I encourage everybody to read it and read it again and read it right. again. And right. Okay, let's stuff. read one more verse. So okay, when you go into chapter eight, which we're getting some bonus material here, and then you got to go, but um, it says when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And then, yeah, great multitudes followed him. But then when he was crucified, one person followed him. John followed him. Right. He's the only one. 
I just I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because he goes through so many times of, oh, he's got the masses and then he's got one and then he's got the masses and then he's got 12, you know. Right. I just think that's interesting. So I used this in a sermon not too long ago, exactly what you're talking about. You know, as long as you're living your best life now and teaching that doctrine, the masses will follow you. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start preaching hellfire, stepping on toes and calling out sin, <laughs> you only got a couple followers. Right. And and Jesus's ministry is the perfect example of that. When he was telling everybody the good news, everybody was following him. Mm-hmm. But when it was time to pay for it. Well, it's the straight and the wide. Or the, that's that's the exactly what it is. The wide and broad. It's it's everybody's following when it's easy, but when it gets hard, when you gotta get gotta get on the straight and narrow, people start dropping off. That's right. Interesting. All right. I'm gonna stop looking at the Bible because I'm gonna start finding more <laughs> stuff. And you gotta so, go, don't you? So chapter eight next week. <laughs> <laughs> um Sermon yeah, on the Mount, the conclusion. <laughs> the aftermath. Yeah, the aftermath. So you got anything else you need to say? I, I don't. That's that's it for me. All right. I'll say a prayer then, and we'll end it up. This has been one of the shorter ones. Okay. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for the opportunity to meet here today. Um, God, I want to thank you for all the blessings that you've given me, given Joseph also. Father, I pray that you continue to bless us as we go about our next week. Um, bless our families also, Lord. Um, got some hard times coming up. Um, God, I pray that if anybody out there has been touched by these things that we've said, that you would um, intervene in their lives and that they could reach out to somebody so that they may accept you into their hearts. And all these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll be back next week.